1: Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and you're all around hiring guru. And you know, it is my absolute honor to bring you special guests, thought leaders, and people who are just going to spend the time today to pour into you, to help you get further along in your careers. And just to be more fulfilled in life in general. And today is no different. So today on the show, I'd like to welcome Jake Kaufman, author of Let Love In, gotta love that, and creator of the Conscious Coach Experience. In 2018, Jake has, since 2018, Jake has coached hundreds of the top online coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs to overcome their subconscious self-sabotage. Who does that? while supporting them and growing their business revenue. Jake, thank you so much for being here with us today.
0: Casey, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: This is going to be such a great conversation. I always love conversations when we talk about kind of unlocking those limiting beliefs that can lead to self-sabotage. But you know, there is a quote your website that I kind of wanted to talk about first because you know I was doing some research on you again even though we've had our conversation but I always like to do a little bit deeper dive on my guest and the quote and I want to read it so I don't get it wrong we never rise to the level of our goals we always fall to the level of our beliefs amen talk to me about that
0: well there's actually a lot of statistics that go into proving uh, this exact this exact phrase, but there's a mechanism beneath every single behavior that we have. Those mechanisms are two primary things, our beliefs and our identity, both of which reside in our unconscious mind. But let's just talk about beliefs, for, for instance. A belief by virtue is that which is true. So if we have a belief, for example, that excelling to higher degrees of success in our life, in our career, in our business is hard, well, then it's going to be hard. I think Henry Ford put this brilliantly when he said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. But that's only the the first half of the quote. It's only the first half of the quote, actually. The full quote is. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right, the thinking makes it so. Mm. The thinking makes it so. So when you think about it, we can set goals all day long, right? We can establish new milestones that we hope to reach. But if our beliefs are not congruent with the behaviors that are necessary that we need to adopt in order to reach those goals, it's a round peg square hole situation. And this is what I support my clients with all the time because I have incredibly successful clients that come to me that say, Jake, I wanna operate at a higher level of success or a higher level of performance. I've reached a certain level of success and I know that I'm capable of so much more. My guess is that a lot of people who are listening to this podcast can resonate to some level or some degree with that statement that I'm successful, but I know that I'm just scratching the surface. I know that I'm capable of so much more than what I'm currently doing in my life, in my career, in my business, in my relationships. So many people focus their initial focus in terms of reaching the next level, or creating a higher degree of success for themselves, regardless of what area of life it's in, their first instinct is to adopt new behaviors. But what determines our success with those behaviors is our beliefs. So simply put, our primary task should not be to pursue success. It ought to be to pursue and uncover the barriers within us that stand against it.
1: That is so good. Talk about diving right in. I love that. You know, One of the other things that I wanted to share that kind of reminded me um, when you talk about those beliefs and you believe those things to be true, the way we distinguish that in coaching school is that's true with a little T. That is not a truth with a big T. Like the earth is round, Mm -hmm. that's truth with a big T. For most people i'm not going to have that argument but
0: for most people
1: yeah. <laughs> you know you've heard of them
0: <laughs> oh yeah but well, gravity how about how about gravity i think we can all agree that <laughs> right exactly here. gravity
1: so i mean there are things that are truth with a big t but then we have our beliefs and you know um one another thing that i did when i was going through coaching school is we had to do a visual representation of our gremlin and as i would have those beliefs limiting beliefs I would make a button and put it on my gremlin. And these are the things that, and one of the things, and I share this, this is really, this is being vulnerable. One of my buttons said undeserving. Mm. I saw that as true, but that's true with a little T because it's not universal, right? It's not everybody has to accept it. It was just me.
0: Right. But until you rewrite that belief, until you reprogram that truth, because a belief by virtue is that which is true, you're gonna continue to produce results from the space of that belief. Yes. That's law. That is law. There is no way around that. If I have a bias, I am going to, however consciously or unconsciously, I'm gonna seek out evidence to support or affirm that bias. And if I can't find it, what am I gonna do? I'm going to create it. And that's what self-sabotage is. Absolutely. And so that's what needs to happen in order for us to ascend to higher levels of success in any area in our life, because we all have a threshold in terms of what we feel safe to receive in terms of love and intimacy, in terms of financial abundance and opportunity. Anything that goes beyond that threshold is going to be received or experienced as a threat in our nervous system. So what are we going to do when we experience a threat? We're gonna run away from it or we're gonna push it away. Yep. So we need to expand our threshold in terms of what we feel safe to receive. And that starts by creating beliefs that are necessary for us to adopt the behaviors that are needed to create a greater degree of success.
1: 100% agree and I think that starting your day with affirmations is is a good way to you know i mean one of the simplest things i did to combat that limiting belief is i would tell myself every morning i am worthy mm-hmm. instead of i am undeserving
0: sure sure a- and i would say that affirmations are a great start but adopting a new affirmation to basically reprogram a belief is kind of like trying to put lipstick on a pig in many respects, what ultimately needs to happen is healing needs to occur around the experiences that created that belief in the first place. Otherwise you can adopt all the affirmations that you want, right? You're going to ultimately still have, you're going to have negative emotions attached to this old experience. And that's why they say that until you heal from the pain from the past, you're going to continue to recycle it in the present moment. Mm. So we Mm -hmm. actually have to go back in our work with our clients to determine, okay, what happened in your life, what experience, what interaction, what happened that created that belief? And 99 times out of a hundred, it, always stems back to childhood. Any belief beyond about 10 years old simply serves as confirmation bias to a previous existing belief (laughs) that we picked up in childhood. Of course, we experience painful, traumatic uh, things or we go through hardship well after when we're 10, of course. But the beliefs or the stories that we make up about those incidences, those experiences, um, tend to serve as confirmation bias to pre-existing beliefs that we've had from childhood, because that's what our upbringing does. Our parenting, our conditioning, our environment, our experiences shape our worldview. And that's what determines how we live, the actions that we take, the decisions that we make. And so we first need to determine, okay, what are your beliefs? What created those beliefs? What are those beliefs rooted in the experiences, most specifically the painful experiences? And that's where we need to experience healing in order to separate experience from emotion so that you no longer are however unconsciously or consciously looking back at this previous experience and continuing to see it through the lens of hardship or through the lens of, you know, something happened to me or someone took advantage of me. For example, uh, spoiler alert in my book, it starts with me in my mid twenties. You know, here I am, this corporate professional. I'm climbing you know, the corporate ladder. I've achieved a fairly significant degree of success in my life at that time. Uh, at least it felt like it. And <laughs> I have I, I start noticing these various patterns that I continue to repeat that sabotage me, that prevent me from excelling uh, as quickly as I would like to, as rapidly as I would like to. And so I'm like, okay, I need to figure out what's driving this. What is behind this that's, that's causing this to, to repeat? And in, in meeting with a counselor and a therapist, it caused me to identify an experience that I had growing up as sexual abuse. Mm. And so all of a sudden I was able to connect the dots. I was able to see that this experience, as you can probably imagine after someone experiences, anyone experiences any type of physical or sexual abuse, love and intimacy on some very fundamental level feels unsafe. Depth of connection starts to feel incredibly unsafe because of, of what you've gone through. And so as you continue to dive into greater degrees of connection, when it comes to a romantic relationship, for example, or when it comes to a business partnership, or when it comes to managing people. Right? It's one thing to be an individual contributor, for example, in the corporate world. It's a whole other thing once you start managing people and you have to really get to know them and and you have to earn their trust and earn their respect and you have to make them feel safe and you have to, right? All of that requires connection. All of that requires connection. And connection requires vulnerability. It requires intimacy. But if you've had painful experiences in the past like I had when I experienced sexual abuse, connection and intimacy is going to feel incredibly unsafe. And so you're going to immediately run into resistance the moment you try to go there, whether again, whether it's with a romantic partnership or a business partnership, or if you're managing employees and you're going to struggle because your nervous system says this depth of connection is unsafe. Like I mentioned, we, right. We all have a threshold in terms of what we feel safe to receive. And that includes connection and intimacy. So anything beyond that we experience as a threat. And so, what do we need to do in that moment? We need to retreat. And so, what ends up happening? A lot of the interpersonal conflicts that I, you know, support my clients in working through, especially in the corporate space or especially in the professional space, are the beliefs, of course, that they continue to carry around as a result of what's happened to them in the past. That creates right the, this resistance that they experience not just within themselves but in their relationships as well because of right the stories that they make up about what somebody else said mm. right, or what somebody else did right we're meaning making machines whenever someone says something or does something we need to interpret it and of course we're going to interpret it through the lens of our worldview, which of course is determined by the experiences that have happened to us from a very, very young age. And so until we start to heal from the more painful experiences in our past, we're just going to continue to find ourselves in this loop. And that's what happened to me. I got fired from every professional job I ever had because right, I know you're kind of like shaking your head <laughs> and you're like, what? Uh, here I'm having this guy in my podcast come talk about, you know, how to achieve oh, a success. Oh, I think it's great that you're talking
1: about being fired. And I've been fired. It was the best yeah. thing that ever happened to me.
0: Same. But And that's great that you have that perspective, but most people, a lot of people, will go through a painful experience like that. And they'll continue to carry around the pain, which means they just recycle the pain, long after the event has passed. And so that ends up being the source of this resistance that they experience that blocks them from, more easily or more rapidly, You know, ascending to the next level in their career or in business or when it comes to financial abundance. The same is true of even romantic relationship, for example. If we get broken up with and it's a really painful experience for us, of course, we're gonna start to create beliefs so that we don't get hurt in that way again, which is exactly what happened to me. After I got abused, I started to act as if, I started to act as if I was successful as if I had it all together, as if I was fine, right? How many people, you know, uh, can relate to that? All of that was just a self protective strategy to hold people at arm's length, because I was so worried about getting hurt again, mm. and about being taken advantage of again. So how did this show up, for example, in the workplace, I would obviously hold my boss out here, I wouldn't ask for help, I wouldn't delegate, I would need to control. I would take everything on myself, right? Because I struggled to trust people because of course my trust in the past had been severely fractured. How did this show up in romantic relationship? I would hold my partners at arm's length. I became avoidant because I had to become avoidant. It's how I started to protect myself. So all of these things go into creating a lot of these interpersonal conflicts that we continue to experience and carry around well into adulthood. That prevent us from, dare I say, reaching our full potential, but at the very least becoming increasingly more successful than we are today. And there's a lot, again, like I said, there's a lot of science that goes into this to show that, you know, at a certain point in time, people tend to make the same amount of money year after year for like the vast majority of their career. Cause anything beyond that, what do they end up experiencing? The very same thing that you did. I'm undeserving of more than this.
1: Mm.
0: They're not conscious to this, right? It's an unconscious thing, right? And so they just kind of stay there, right? They they plant their flag, and that's that's what kind of becomes the center of their comfort zone. I did anything that for beyond so many that, years. They, right? There you go. They run right into this conversation that says anything that's beyond this, you are either unworthy of it, undeserving of it, or it's not safe. You're not going to be able to handle it.
1: Yeah. So many years I did that. Where were you like 10 years ago? (laughs) So most people
0: have, (laughs) most people say that. Well, and like I said, you know, I learned this out of necessity because it, it was at the core of my experience. You know, I started a really successful healthcare technology company that still exists today. It has 400 employees. Now I was number six, I think in the company. So I was the first salesman and we experienced rapid success. We went from virtually nothing to over $4 million in annual business in about 18 months. So it was wow. very rapid growth. Very fast. So here I am, very fast. So here I am making more money than I've ever made in my life, experiencing a greater degree of success. I got promoted multiple times within the same year. Now I'm managing a significantly um, significant team that's growing rapidly, and all of a sudden, all of my worthiness conversations came online. And I ended up getting fired because I started to create, right? There was this internal conflict that was going on within myself that says I wasn't worthy of more than this. And so I started to, that conflict within myself eventually manifested externally. And it started to create conflict. It started to show up as conflict between me and the people I was managing, between me and my boss. And of course that ended up having me get fired. And that's what had me realize, oh, people don't have business problems. They just have personal problems that show up in their business. That's it. So who's who's helping them through their personal problems?
1: That's a good question. You know, and I wanted to, so first of all, I, and I love this conversation. I wanna kind of go back to something you said earlier, because I think it is so critical to people that are in their careers, that you get fired and then you dwell on it and you, internalize that and you take that hurt mm-hmm. forward when you go maybe Correct. to your next interview because I, I, I tell my candidates all the time when I'm coaching them, I'm, I'm like, you know, desperate doesn't get hired and, and neither does, totally. you know, somebody that shows up, you know, with pain or fear on their face because they're afraid mm-hmm. they're going to get fired again or not get hired because they were fired. So I just really wanted to kind of put yep. a pin in that and just really yeah. illustrate that because I think that's so important for people. Everybody's been fired. If you haven't, you will. I Okay, maybe not everybody, but yeah. it's not the end of the world.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I, well, and that's the thing. We now know that trauma is much more about what happened inside of us, how we internalized it, compared to what actually happened. I had a client right before this call, in fact, has a very, very successful e-commerce business making well over seven figures. And yet he is still experiencing these interpersonal problems around his ability to delegate and to trust other people because several years ago, he had a previous business that completely failed. And so egoically from a self-preservation perspective, the last thing that he wants to experience is repeating this challenging cycle when his previous business failed. And so now he's bringing that pain into this new company and it's impacting how he relates to his employees, his ability to delegate. It's causing him to, you know, be controlling, which right, of course is actually creating more problems than it's actually solving for. And so creating healing around what happened to him in the past insofar that his perspective has fundamentally and inherently shifted. Like you, you mentioned that getting fired was one of the best things that ever happened to me, right? I can say that within myself as well, that it was one of the best things that ever happened to me, but that took a lot of work. That took a lot of interpersonal healing. Mm -hmm. It took working with a it took working with a coach because We all have blind spots, of course. It took doing a lot of work for me to get to where I am right now, right? This was years ago. This was five and a half, six years ago. And so I've done a lot of work within myself to alchemize that experience, to be able to arrive in this place within myself now to say to you on this call today, that that was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And there's no way that we'd be talking today if it hadn't. What a blessing shifting a perspective like that takes time. Healing takes time. And you're right. Most people bring, you know, pain from the past and they just bring it into the present moment, either their romantic relationship or within a new job or a new business.
1: You know, and I do think that's very true that we do. And I do want to say that I didn't think it was the best thing that ever happened to me when it happened, right? It took me years and years and years to realize and accept responsibility for The reasons for which I was fired, I wasn't performing Mm -hmm. and you want to know what makes it worse because this was back in my young, young, I think I was like 19 or 20, not that far ago anyway, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but it was a job that my mom got me with one of her colleagues Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and so it was like a double whammy, like I got fired and mom was so mad at me because I let her down. Mm And I was determined. And it was totally my fault. I I could tell you, I could list out exactly what I did wrong. But to this day, I don't do those things anymore. They got me fired. I learned a very valuable lesson. And, you know, and there's so much that goes on. And I tell people all the time, you don't know what you don't know about what someone else is going Mm -hmm. through. And, you know, and I had a very clear episode of this happen not too long ago and don't want to go into too many details. But basically, this person assumed because I canceled the meeting that... I didn't want to talk to her and that I was mad at her when in truth, I had a family emergency that day and she gave me no opportunity to share that with her. And when she sent that response, she said, obviously you don't want to talk to me. And I'm like, okay. Cause for me now, no response is the best response to situations like that.
0: Right. So perfect illustration to to prove the point that we're, that we're really landing here, which is that, you know, the reason you canceled the appointment was because, of a family emergency, she took that personally and made it about her when in fact it had nothing to do with her. Mm -hmm. We're meaning making machines. So I guarantee you, if I actually were sitting down and having a conversation with this person and I were to ask her about, you know, when was a time in your life in which you experienced